0: This is Business Women Australia Podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, onto the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia Podcast. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, People do business with people so tell your story and joining me on today's show is Kathy Smith now Kathy she is the granddaughter of an artist a design has been her whole life and creating marketing that exposes her clients to their ideal customers allows their businesses to be seen and to grow is why Kathy is in the very same business 21 years on. Now, Kathy's marketing agency, Catco Enterprises, is on a mission to make sure that small businesses they thrive and that they get a positive return on their marketing dollar. And Kathy's vision is to provide powerful and responsive marketing that grows her clients' businesses so that they can make a positive impact in their communities. Now, on today's show, Kathy's going to share how to make your marketing work for your business. She's going to talk about why you still need a website, even in the age of social, as well as why hit and miss marketing, well, that is costing you money and so much more. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you. The topic of marketing is one that uh, we could talk about for hours, months, years. It changes all of the time. I know that the last two years, um, you know, with so many more people now going online uh, because Many of them were forced to because we couldn't do face-to-face. Thankfully, things are going back to -to face-to-face. But we've really confirmed how important marketing is. But as you're going to share, there are still some things that even though social, even though online networking and so forth has become a lot more popular, still some things that we need to be doing in our business if we want to market our business successfully. And uh, so who better than to spend some time with to find out what that is. So let's dive in. How can we start to make marketing work for our business? What insights can you share?
1: Well, first of all, you actually think about, need to think about what you want to do with your marketing, who you want to talk to. So if you're talking to everybody then you're talking to nobody. So when I ask people who are their ideal customers, they say, oh, I can talk to everybody. But if you think about that, even someone like Facebook, they did not start with world domination. They started in one university in America in a very specific area. And then they built it to two universities and three universities. And then they went world domination. But if we're just thinking that we can talk to everybody, then it makes it really difficult to market Because talking to a 20-year-old is different to talking to a 40-year-old is different to talking to a 60-year-old. And then it depends also what your product does and how it does it to whether it's going to be different for different people. So you need to really look and start by who is your ideal customer, who is the person that loves your services, happy to rave about you, easy to deal with, wants to pay the price, maybe wants to buy a few more things from you, they're your ideal customer. And just think about them when you're doing your marketing. Don't try to think about them and their sister and their brother and their grandmother and everybody else, all their siblings. Just think about that one person. And sometimes it really helps to put a name on that one person. So you might be saying, Anne-Marie's my ideal customer and she lives in this location. She does this
0: and she does that. And think about that when you're doing your marketing. I love that. So important. And often when businesses start thinking of targeting a more of a narrower um, industry or narrow niche, whatever you want to call it, often it may feel a little bit scary because it's like, I don't want to limit myself. But in actual fact, what I'm hearing you say is by doing that, you actually cut through the noise and speak specifically to that particular person who you know is your ideal client can I ask you and let's just get to make sure that everyone's on the same page because you probably talk to 10 different people every day uh, Kathy whose understanding of what marketing is may be very different so from the marketing expert how would you define marketing and what are some of the things that we should be doing so marketing is really all the things that you are
1: doing to get in front of that ideal customer. So it could be going back to traditional marketing and people say traditional marketing is dead, but it's actually getting a resurgence because it is so limited these days. People aren't doing it. So that makes you different. So things like posting something out, we get very little in our mailbox these days. We don't even get bills anymore. So if you send a nice bright colored postcard or an envelope with something that's a bit bumpy. We call it lumpy mail. So when they get it, it looks a bit different. The open rates on those are huge because we just have empty mailboxes. We don't have a lot of things in it. So marketing encompasses everything from traditional marketing is what we'd say. So promoting your business in any way. It can be word of mouth. So just literally talking to people or having people talk about you. It can be things like networking. Social media of course is very huge and don't forget search and that's why you really do need a website because up to 65% of people are on Facebook but a whole heap of those people are not as well and you need to think about what those people are doing when they're on Facebook and the other socials. Are they looking for a business? Are they looking to solve a problem? Or are they looking to see where their grandkids are at or what the latest sporting update is or whether they have to turn up to practice this week? They're quite often doing something different when they're on those social platforms. So they're not looking for your business. So to answer your question, marketing is everything that advertises your business, whether it
0: be paid, organic or word of mouth. Mm. Love that. Uh, something else that I'm sure you hear all the time too, Kathy, is, okay, Kathy, you've just listed a number of different things and how we can get exposure and visibility. There are so many different options. What would you say then to a business owner who may have limited team, limited time themselves who are thinking, Kathy, I don't even know if I've got all the time to do all of the things. Do we need to do all of the things in marketing or what's a a good Um, framework, if you will, that will make sure that, hey, we are getting exposure, but we're not doing it to the point that we're stretched too thin. Can you give some advice around that?
1: Absolutely. And that's what you see so often is somebody follows a, a guru in inverted commas that is on everything. But you've got to remember that that person has probably been around for a long time or has a big team to help them. So if you're just starting out, don't try to emulate what they're doing on 50 different platforms because you're just going to spread yourself too thin. You're going to get really annoyed with it and you're going to end up doing nothing. So what you need to be thinking about is where are your people? So you've thought about your ideal customer. anne Marie's our ideal customer. Where is she going to be hanging out? Is she going to be in Facebook or is LinkedIn her thing or is TikTok? And it depends on your business as well. I had a lady who really wanted to be on Instagram, absolutely loved it, spent all her time playing with it. I said, that's great. Her business would have suited Instagram fine. I said, okay, what photos have you got? She goes, oh, no, I don't do photos. Can't do Instagram without photos. So think about where your customer is how you like to interact. So if video is not your thing, there's no point having the biggest YouTube channel under the sun, because it's not going to stay that way for very long, because you do need to have content. So pick one area. So it might be that you're going to start with a website and that's probably the first place to start for most businesses, because what do we do when we want to buy something? We go and ask our friends, We go to social and we go back to the website. And rightly or wrongly, if you don't have a website, your business is seen as small or a hobby. So you might have a huge business and it might be a local business, but if people can't find you on search, they're unlikely to come to you.
0: Yes, it's so true, isn't it? A lot of people who are searching the the consumer behavior. And if we think about how we will often look, uh, and it depends on the product too, I, I must say. I mean, we just recently bought a bed and we did look online first and then we went into various stores but a lot of service-based businesses a smaller uh, product you know that that you don't necessarily need to touch and feel a lot of the search is being done online isn't it Kathy and I think some of the statistics are showing that a lot of people have already made up their mind and if they do end up having a conversation or a telephone call it's more to validate or maybe to say, you know, to validate or mm, just checking in um, if it's a phone call or if they do go into the store. I think that's what um, some of the studies have shown, which is really validating the importance then is what is your digital footprint? And and do you have that digital shop front, i.e. your website? Yes?
1: Absolutely. And you've got to think now that even if you're a small local business, you can, on the whole, do business with other people. So even you might think, well, you're a trade business. I only service 50 kilometres around my area. But where do the people that own those properties live? So if you're in, say, a, um, a holiday resort area, most of those owners won't actually live in that town. Or that area so when they've got a problem they might have a property manager looking Mm. after it but they're worried about the costs or there's something gone wrong and they need something else the first thing they're going to do is jump onto search jump onto google and have a look and see who the local plumbers are so even though they might need to be on search to talk to the plumber they're still going to do that and because they're out of the area you need to be able to be found not just specifically for your small little town, but bigger. And the other thing, even if you're in a city, is people are going to search by your um, suburb name. But they might be three or four or five suburbs out of that. So they still need to be able to find you. So there's very few businesses where a website won't help to increase their promotion, and it's definitely validation. So if you're selling the same product as somebody else, maybe the same price, but people are still going to search to see if you've got availability of that. They might then call you to see, can I get it this week or is it going to take
0: two weeks? And that's why websites are so important. One of the things that um, people often don't realise, if they're not seeing the value of the website, is that your website not only can be your, you know, digital um, online space, you know, your work space and, and your shop front, I should say. Um, it also allows you to write and share content. And I think one of the things that any presence online, but if you can drive them back to your website, you become then top of mind. You're seen as a trusted authority, someone who is a specialist in your field. And when you gain that traction, that in and of itself is huge, isn't it? Because it very much becomes part of someone's buying um, criteria if you will is this person can they be trusted is there reliability and excellence and these are all things that we can showcase regularly from our own website and not necessarily a third party uh because there's so much noise that often on third parties whereas someone's engaging on your website it is your website your brand your message so uh that that's so much value in that in in and of itself isn't it yes it is and think about how people like to
1: consume content so some people like to read some people like to just hear the audio so this podcast some people will view it as a video but some people will just hear it on their audio app some people don't like large content they only like snippets other people need to have every i dotted every t crossed and they want Validation, they want extra information, they want to then hook into a video to find out the how to's, the nitty gritties. And that's very difficult to do on social because most socials have a specific thing. So they might be video oriented, they might be photo oriented, they might be like LinkedIn, where it's a lot more about the actual content, the wording. Whereas you can't put all of those different learnings and the way people view things onto one social platform, but you can on a website. The other thing with social is it's very difficult to search. So if you've seen something and you wanna show it to your better half or your other half, it's very hard to go back to. Whereas if you're on a website, most websites have search criterias. And if they don't, they at least have a good architecture structure of the navigation so you know where to go. You might remember it was a blog post. So you can search that blog post, whereas on social, it's very difficult to do that. So becoming the trusted authority and sending people to 10 or 15 different places in this busy world will just lead to confusion.
0: Yeah, so true. And I love the fact that you've said around, and this probably beautifully segues into the next point around, you know, hit and miss and Maybe you can give us some insights into what would a solid marketing strategy, uh, you know, what would that pertain? But if you imagine that you've got great content on your website, you talked about different mediums, you know, audio, video, if you take snippets of those things and place it on the, you know, the the, the video, some of the social media sites or some of the written sites that you graphic sites, those kind of things. That can be like leaving breadcrumbs there, isn't it? Valuable content for those who just like to consume very quickly. But then, of course, in the context of the the text or so, you can then put a link to the bigger article, the bigger video, you know, podcast interview and so forth. I think when people start to see marketing that way, they it makes sense that you can repurpose and leverage what you are creating on your website to share across social. Can you speak about this a little bit more too? Cause I'm sure and this, as I said, fits beautifully into the hidden myths. Would you say that a lot of people and businesses, they would say to you, well, Kathy, okay, I recognize I we need to do marketing. But what they're doing is actually the hit and miss. There's no strategy. There's no process. There's no intention. Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Absolutely. And there's no structure. So they sit down on a a Friday afternoon or a Monday morning or Sunday, whatever time they pick, and they go, oh, I've got these great photos. I'll put them all over social. And they put the whole thing in one go. And then they don't come back for three weeks. So what happens there is people go, oh, my golly gosh, they audience they're getting all this information in one go and then you disappear and then they get a whole stack more information in one go and because you can't search it you're not getting that drip feed so the strategy is consistency so it doesn't matter how many posts a week people say you should do it's what you can consistently maintain So if you can literally only consistently maintain one week, that's better than doing seven in one go and then nothing. But obviously you want to have a a bit more than that and depending on platform and what you're trying to do with your marketing would depend on how many you would do. But if you can consistently have three or four posts a week on maybe two of your main socials and then have that leading back to a blog article So more information with maybe a little video if video is your thing. Now, don't be too scared of video because you can do video in different ways. You don't always have to do face to camera. So you can do a collection of photos and do a voiceover. You can do animated. There's lots of different ways to do video, but video really captures people's attention. And especially if they're short snippets. And if video is your thing, then look at YouTube. Because YouTube is owned by Google and it's the second biggest search engine in the world. So people are getting onto YouTube and looking for how-to's. They're looking for education. And what happens is not everybody is ready to buy. So there's only about 3% of your ideal customers at any one time is ready to buy. But what they want is they want to know, are you the expert? Can you solve their pain problem? Can you identify their pain problem? Quite often, they don't even know what their pain is. They just know they've got a problem. Something's not quite working, but they can't quite put their finger on it. So if you can identify and talk to that more than they can, well, suddenly you become the expert. So not doing the hit and miss is making sure that you're consistent. And if you can only do one social platform or if you can only do one blog, then do that. But think about especially blogs are great because you've got your subheadings. Now, if you think of making those really punchy and distinct, then you can repurpose those into a graphic and then you've got a Facebook or you've got an Instagram post or you can have a quote of something you said. So I could say something like hit and miss marketing doesn't work for small business and you can make that into a post as well. If you have done it as a video, then you can get it transcribed and maybe you can get somebody else to write the post. So there's multiple ways you can use one piece of content to spread your message further across.
0: Yes, and I think that's what businesses often Uh, don't recognize that if they do an interview like you're doing an interview today your team can then chop that interview into smaller audio pieces create graphic quotes create even um, images that can be used as reels there are just so many different ways that you can leverage just one piece of core content and even people you're talking about traditional marketing and I so agree it's often when everyone zigs you zag and when everyone zags you zig if networking is something that you really enjoy even online or in person take photos of who you're meeting things of the day people love the behind the scenes don't they start to think about what can I share and what's a key point that I can share can it tie into the particular topic that uh, I love to speak about and often those posts really do well because because other people are attending those events and you're leveraging off those audiences as well. And I think sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down and being creative. You know, how can I leverage this situation, this networking event to create some of those socials? And when you start to do that, as you said, it's consistency, start off with one thing and do that well. You then can continue to see that there's real leverage there and it's starting to generate results. Then look at adding something to that. What can I do to expand on that? I think often we try and bite off more than we can chew too, don't we? Try and do all the things and then it gets so confusing. We go, I need to have a break. And then that consistency stops because we don't post, we don't share something and we feel like we're starting again over and over because we are um talk a little bit if you will around how do we know what the one thing should, we should be doing first is it what's the thing that you can do that's quite natural and is not going to freak you out such as if you if you hate video if you don't like your face on video don't do video but what are some things you can share and how do we determine what that best one thing if we're deciding I'm going to just do one thing consistently So you've
1: touched on it there. It's what you can do and what you will maintain. So if writing is not your thing and it's going to take you hours and hours and hours, then don't commit to a weekly blog because it's just going to stress you out. So the first thing is what you're comfortable with. The second thing is what your audience would like. And how do you find out? You ask them, who's your best customer? Who's somebody that buys from you over and over and really likes you? Ask them where they get their content. Ask them if you were going to be on a particular platform or doing a particular type of content, would that resonate with them? Would that be something they would want to do? You've got absolute gold in your current customers. How did they find you? What would they like? Would they like to be part of a focus group? Would they like to be part of a Facebook group where you gave them regular updates, VIP
0: secrets, early bird things? Ask them what they would
1: like.
0: You know, with uh, marketing, you're talking about traditional versus some of the the things that are uh, what you might call Um, trends and things like that. What are you seeing, you know, moving forward now that there is more of an uptake maybe in consumer, you know, people consuming content? Are there some specific platforms that are standing out? I mean, obviously, we've we've determined every business needs to have a web presence outside of that. One of the reasons that then we didn't mention this, or maybe we did was, if you're basing and building your brand on third party Platforms such as the socials. What happens if they shut you down and say you can't use because you've gone against our terms of service? And I bet I'm sure you you would confirm for us the terms of services for a lot of the platforms continues to change so often. It's hard to keep up. But if you own that web space, no one can shut that down unless you shut it down your, yourself. So what are some of the platforms that you're seeing and some of the, the trends, if you will, for those people who like to kind of keep up to date with some of the, the popular things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And touching on that third party and making sure that you're not building your house on rented ground is really important because you say, oh, but I haven't done anything wrong. And suddenly your platform has been completely shut down. And quite often that can be something that happened years ago. So people were very big on doing competitions. Now, competitions has been against Facebook's rules for a very long time. And all you need is somebody, a competitor, a disgruntled employee or customer to report you. And then Facebook will go back through that and go, look, you did do that. And you can lose your whole Facebook presence or Instagram presence overnight. So quite often, it's not something you've done recently. The other thing that was very popular back in the day before we had business pages was calling your facebook page by your business so your first name might be catco and your surname is enterprises well obviously catco enterprises is not a person and then what happened was people then kept those profiles and then built a business page but that's not a person and you have to have a person behind a business page so if you get audited and they say please produce your driver's license for catco enterprises Well obviously I can't because it's not a person. The third thing people did was they put in their first name and their middle name or they put in not their real name. So then once again you can't prove that you are that person. If you can't prove that you are that person then quite often you will lose all of that valuable asset that you had. And speaking of trends, well story has become a big trend right across the platforms again so if you think about multi-level marketers they're selling exactly the same product for exactly the same price but why do some of those people do really well build huge businesses while others struggle it's all about them it's their story their personality so getting back right to the beginning people like to do business with people So if you're not allowing people to contact you, so in this day and age, everybody wants to ring you. You can ring from overseas. You can ring through Facebook and some of the other socials. People want to be able to contact you. Now, obviously not 24-7, so put your boundaries in, but they want to know there's a person behind their brand, so whether that be on social or your website. They want to know you're real. So as we know, there's so many scammers out there. So by being real, having a few photos, doing a bit of live, taking photos at those events, that sort of thing, they can see that you're actually a real person. You do look like your profile picture. So remember, ladies, if you're changing your hair, make sure you're updating your your profiles. With um, COVID, of course, some of us grew our hair longer and some of us took it shorter and some of us changed Mm -hmm. colour and we didn't dye it anymore. So make sure that you are actually looking like your profile picture. So it's really important to do real. And that can be in the form of reels. But what I'm talking about there is real is actually you. And no, we don't want to put our dirty laundry all over the internet. And no, we don't want to just say that we've got beautiful lunches and dinners. We want to do the behind the scenes. We want to be showing them our business. What's different about us? Why would you use catco enterprise for marketing for instance instead of somebody else you need to be able to show the people that you're real so most of the platforms are now allowing reels and stories um, and they're little snippets and you say well why would i do that if it's going to be gone in 24 hours but most of those sort of things are pushed out through the platforms away from the specific audience that you have So they'll look at people who are similar to you or similar to your audience and they'll show them to people who haven't seen you before. So it's a great way to get in front of people that may not have been
0: exposed to you before. Yeah, so true. I have become, even though I don't necessarily like to do reels, I love watching them, particularly the gardening reels, And the cooking reels and it 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 really is something that you can just continue there to binge watch but speaking on the point that you talked about that the platforms push it out to people who may not necessarily know you directly my daughter who is in a retail store does a lot of social for them and they were sharing something on tiktok she went into a store to buy a coffee which was the store below her store and the, the lady who she'd never met before who served her said oh, I saw you yesterday on TikTok <laughs> and she, you know, and that's exactly what happens. Um, it pushes out in front of people and that that was, but that's the kind of thing that really can occur when you're consistently posting um, content storylines, you know, showing who you are. If it's humour that you, you know, if you're humorous, share humour. If you're more serious, do it. You're talking about don't think that you need to put a mask on. You know, be yourself, do it consistently um, and your message will continue to to be shared amongst those that you want to be seen in front of. We could continue to talk about this for hours, Cathy, but I know that um, there's a time limit to this. So if people have heard you today or the recording and thinking we really need to revisit our marketing, it hasn't been working as much as we would like it to. And when you're talking about hit and miss, I think that's probably been more of our strategy. What is the best way, Cathy, for them to connect with you? So the best way is to go to the CatCo Enterprises website, which
1: is catcoent.com.au, so C-A-T-C-O-E-N-T.com.au, and that's where you'll find all of our different bits and pieces and you'll be able to search it, get some free resources, and even if you'd like, you can call me.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks once again, Kathy. And of course, this is part of Business Women Australia, of which uh, we're we're actually part of the leadership team and if you haven't heard of BWA before, in the outro we'll share a little bit more about where to go to to find out about Business Women Australia. I know Kathy, you are over in Perth, Western Australia. You've got great uh chapters there. Do you want to share a little bit more about um, BWA and if people are listening and they haven't yet found a home, a, a place where they can connect with other incredible women in business across Australia, but particularly your base there in Perth. Can you share a little bit more about BWA? Yes, absolutely.
1: So we're a national collective. So Anne-Marie's in Melbourne, so she gets to um, hang out with the Melbourne girls. We also are online and it's for any women in business. So you don't have to own a business. You could be a solopreneur or you could be an employee. You could be a CEO. We have levels for all women uh, across Australia. And it's a great place to join friendships, to do masterminds, to do in-person events, online events. But basically, it's a collective to make sure that we're all making the pie bigger for everybody so everybody can get a bigger slice and we're all supporting each other because sometimes in those positions sometimes in the bottom sometimes in the middle sometimes in the top can be really really lonely and you just wonder where can I get some help where can I bounce some ideas off our national director is a fabulous person to bounce ideas off she loves working in collaboration So that's Lynn Hawkins. So if you've got an idea that you were thinking about and you think would be really great, Lynn's always is there to listen and go, yeah, that would fit with us. Would you like to come and run with that project? And we've got all sorts of interesting things that have come up and this podcast was one of them because Anne-Marie said we need a podcast so that we can get our message out to more people, showcase our premium members on their expertise, So you've got opportunities for podcasts like this one, webinars, in-person speaking events, or if you'd just like to come and be part of our community, then
0: you can do that as well. Yeah, so well put. And I know that Lynn is doing a, we're doing a podcast interview on that collaborations. I think with the collective that BWA has around Australia there are so much opportunity to work together to collaborate to share each other's communities and if you can do that with other like-minded individuals like-minded women while also have fun and build those relationships I mean that's what it's all about isn't it and that's really what BWA uh, stands for so again thank you for coming on the show sharing your expertise you're one of our premier members you're also on the leader team as well. And uh, that's what we want for other women to create a community where they can come and collaborate, connect, build those relationships and make a much bigger impact in the world. So thanks once again for coming on the show. You're very, very welcome. And BWA, BWA,
1: of course, is a perfect way to market your business to sure. like-minded women.
0: Thanks, anne You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.